When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Christmas future is far away. Christmas past is past. But in Christmas present, the past is not forgotten. While we all love Mariah and Pentatonics and Wham, well, some of us love Wham, there are scores of classic holiday songs that, more than 50 years later, continue to fill listeners with the holiday spirit and that gingerbread feeling. So the great pop culture debate wants to determine, what is the best classic holiday song of all time? All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call me names, so I grew up and made them play my squid games. Anyone up for venison? I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel. The three words that best describe him are as follows, and I quote, burly, girly, and surly. It's the return of Curtis Creekmore. And this holiday season, I'll be three words, drink, drink, drunk. Perfect. You have all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile. His Yule log is pure fire, honey. It's Derek Makita. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. Christmas and burn, oh! Woo, where's that song? And finally, <laughs> she never eats December snowflakes. It's Kara Austin. I always wait for January. Because you're a lady. Mm-hmm. So before we get on to the debate, how does this work? We made a poll of 100 or so of the most beloved classic holiday songs to be released between 1940 and 1979. Roughly 50 people took the poll. We tallied their votes, ranked the picks by popularity, and added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to the polls and brackets section. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with ours? Do you look at the results and say, This is Christmas. What have you done? Let us know by dropping a comment on this episode at our website or by yelling at us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And lastly, if you're curious about how we went from the top 32 down to the Santa 16, become a Patreon supporter of our podcast. Our Patreons at the $5 level or higher get exclusive access to the warm-ups slash part ones for each episode in which we work away through all 16 of the round one matchups. It's like a whole bonus episode for each topic, and it includes arguments you will not hear anywhere else. And it's only one of our great Patreon perks, so please consider that are supporting us on Patreon today. With that out of the way, let it snow and let's get into the debates. First up in round two, we have ultimate number one seed Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee up against Gene Autry's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a five seed. Derek, explain why we still get that sentimental feeling when we hear voices singing Let's Be Jolly. Kara, I know you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, but can you curry votes for the most famous reindeer of all? I'm going to go with Kara first. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a song that, like, everybody knows. When thinking about some of these Christmas songs, like, you know, like the rocking around the Christmas trees and that, you know, that that's not hitting the the little kid Christmas concerts. Like, this is one of the first, like, the Jingle, Bell, Jingle Bells comes first and then this, and you know all the words. Um, and it is a classic, and the song predates, I mean, it, one, it's a beloved Christmas special, but the song predates it. And one of the things I love so much about it as someone who is now 
retired from advertising agencies, though still work in that marketing lifestyle, is that it, the story behind it is so interesting because it sounds like a, a, a dream job because this was the whole story of Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer comes from um, Robert L. May, who worked for Montgomery Ward. And they basically every year would give out um, coloring books. And then they realized it would be cheaper if they didn't have to like um, license stuff for their coloring books. And if they had their own story, they could you know, go back to. So talk about like understanding the assignment. He writes this whole long holiday poem about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which kind of, you know, encapsulated what he felt like as a kid, kind of feeling out of place. And it's, you know, how often does advertising come beloved? Like, I guess maybe Santa Claus and a Coke bottle. Who knows? That sounds like a filthy movie. Um, <laughs> the family Arbuckle story. <laughs> Sorry, I've ruined the keeping this clean right out of the gate. That's okay. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's fun. There's like, you know, there's just something really... <sighs> Like, I don't know. Like, I think everybody's drawn to it. It's, you know, this this underdog under reindeer. That sounds like another movie um, story. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's a beautiful, fun song. And it's a great little story. And it's just it's Christmas. It's absolutely Christmas. If you see a bunch of reindeer decorations and one of them doesn't have a red nose, someone messed up because Rudolph is missing. True. All right. So I'm going to pass it to Derek. What do you think about Jingle Bell? Excuse me. Rocking around the Christmas tree. So. I know this song existed before Home Alone, but if you're a millennial, you immediately associate it with Macaulay Culkin's one-man dance party from that film. That instantly makes it a nostalgia pick for me. But let's get in the Wayback Machine and go and go back to 1958. And ready for this, 13-year-old Brenda Lee has just recorded this wow. song. That's right, Curtis. This is a child singer. <clears throat> <laughs> it's- Curtis is out. <laughs> um, it's 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 not an instant smash hit. In fact, it's not until 1960 when Brenda Lee actually became a more widely known pop star that this song really take took off. But take off it did. And a legal adult. Yes. Um, so much so that by the time of its 50th anniversary, it has sold over 25 million copies and is the fourth most downloaded Christmas song of all time. It's got that kind of cultural staying power. So shove that in your nose and snort it, Rudolph. <laughs> he might. We don't know his life. All right. Well, I want to say one thing about that was pushback for Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is at the time it was written, having a red nose was associated with alcoholism. And so the sure. initial pushback from the higher ups was that everyone's going to think that this little reindeer is a lush. But hey, if it makes you fly faster... And he is in the special. He does have moments where he appears to be kind of drunk. So that's kind of funny. He's just in love. It's true. He's just in love. Now it's cocaine, right? Exactly. That's what makes your nose yeah. red. And that's, that would certainly make it go fast. Or poppers. Yeah. Uh, so Curtis. 13 is close enough that it, it, I would not have known that she was a child. So um, I, I do like I am a millennial. Derek was singing my song of the nostalgic kick from home alone like that was definitely something that i grew up with and the very deep-seated fear of that man with the shovel i don't know if anybody else was quite as terrified as i was of him these are both fantastic songs and one of them is in my opinion a children's song mm -hmm. while the other is a song that can be enjoyed by everybody for being a song like rudolph is a fine musical number but it's not 
at the same level as rocking around the Christmas tree that literally children can dance. Adults can dance. It is, it is a song for all people. So that's where my vote's going. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, actually, Carrie, you did a really interesting job. I knew none of that about Rudolph. So thank you for dropping that science on us. Cause it's, I actually makes me appreciate it more, right. understanding how it came to be. But I think that the distinction stays that it is a kid song. You are correct that everybody knows the lyrics to Rudolph, but, I can't think of the last holiday party I was at with adults where that was played or enjoyed. Well, your parties all suck. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and you're correct. Yeah, actually, you're right about that. Um, but I do think that means it's uh, three votes for Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, which is a, the number one seed ultimately anyway. It hurts. It does hurt. Y'all just hate me because I'm different. I'm just saying that. <laughs> you can rest assured that you did an excellent job repping for Rudolph there. Next up, we were evenly split between two sentimental holiday favorites. Half of us wanted to melt into Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song, a three seed, and the others wanted us to remember happy golden days of yore with Judy Garland's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, a two seed. Curtis, meet me in St. Louis and speak on Merry Little Christmas, and I will take on The Christmas Song. Go for it first. Ooh, this is a classic. Of the Titans, y'all. Three of the four panelists have one of these songs winning it all. Just so you know. So this is this is it. We're we're like, we. I don't want to say what I was gonna say. I know this is it. it. This is it, (laughs) y'all. I knew exactly where you're going, but this is a family show. At least, yeah, it is a family. This this is very important, everybody. This is so important. Uh, (laughs) As Eric said, it's a two seed versus a three seed, and honestly, I think that is a disservice to the Christmas song. The Christmas song deserved to be a higher seed than a three. I personally have put it over Feliz Navidad, but that didn't happen. So, oh well. Judy Garland was. And still remains a national treasure and, take a drink, icon, especially in the gay community. And this rendition of this song is hauntingly beautiful. Judy's delivery is earnest and clear. I appreciate that she allows her tone to make the song where other people tend to add a little bit too much glamour, too much glitz into their voice, too many runs, especially in today's music. Like you don't get that as much in classic. And Judy makes this just such a beautiful song. Also, this is the original. Everyone who did it after Judy, and there have been many attempts at this song, were simply messing with perfection, in my opinion. Moreover, When looking at this top 32 of all of the songs that made it to the bracket, it is heavily masculine. Only seven of the 32 songs that made it to the top are performed by female singers. And I think that's trash, mama. (laughs) But I think it goes to show just how challenging it was for female singers all those decades ago and continuing today, really. I think the Christmas song is wonderful and it is a beautiful representation of the holidays. But in this matchup, it's going to Judy. Um, I'm going to say right now, I will not be mad at either of these songs advancing. It pains me that we're having this discussion already. But my suspicion is when people were voting, they didn't see the Christmas song and associate it with its title, 
most people think of it as chestnuts roasting open and over an open fire. Mm. And as someone who grew up making his own maple syrup on my family's farm, I did have the occasion once or twice to roast my chestnuts over an open fire. Zero out of 10, do not recommend. So uh, <laughs> you can listen to Mr. Cole, but it, it, it's actually not recommended. Um Curtis made an excellent point about how only seven out of the 32 are by art, female artists and how difficult it was for female artists to have success at that point in time. I'm going to do you one better. How many of these songs are by black artists and mm. how many of these songs? I mean, a black man having one of the most iconic take a drink holiday songs in pre 1960s America. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, culturally fascinating but here's some interesting things about this song that i've discovered because we actually do our research for this show so um mr cole did not write the song but he is the definitive version of the song in fact he recorded it four separate times he recorded it two times in 1946 once in 1953 and again in 1961 each time adding additional lush instrumentation mm. and so um the 1961 version is considered like the standard for it but he had done kind of previous versions which were less lush um it is or at least was at one point in time the most recorded christmas song of all time according to bmi music publishing so why do we care about this song uh there's so much that i love about it the soaring strings the delicate lyrics but mostly it's cole's voice which is soulful and resonant and evocative and it um i said in in the warm-up that karen carpenter's voice is like being wrapped up in a, a cozy sweater um but one that makes you sad nat king cole does the same thing but he doesn't make you sad if anything he actually makes you feel comforted and i think it is a wonderful song that bring evokes all of the great feelings about the holidays without any of the negativity that being said i am not mad at all for either either one to advance here derek where are you coming down on that i think that i would be more apt to vote for judy garland if it was against some other song because i love this judy garland song yeah. but a chris the, the 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 chestnuts roasting on the open fire and and Nat King Cole's just like smooth velvet voice. And it really is mm. the, the Etta James at last of Christmas songs. It just like it, it makes you feel good. It is not a bummer. Um, and I just, th- this is my ultimate pick to go all the way. So I, I feel very strongly about it. Um, so yes, it's, I'm keeping my vote where, where, where it is. He's keeping his baby. Kara, what about you? <laughs> I can't like, I, I wish these both these songs were up against other songs, yeah. just like everybody else. I can't vote against Judy Garland. Um, yes, I love this version of it, huh? I said yes, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, part of part, like it's a beautiful. It, this is especially a beautiful song, and for me, it's just a, a personal reason. And it's um, my grandfather, who was very reserved, like you know, one of those guys who like went to World War II and didn't ever talk about it again, like. Judy Garland was his, like, that's the one person I know who, like, he enjoyed listening to. Like, that was what something that soothed him. And I have, that has given me such a soft spot for her. Like, she's, you know, iconic, take a drink without that. But whenever I hear her voice, I think of him. So I can't vote against her. And listen, I cannot blame you. And I suspect, Derek, you can either, right? Like, this is very challenging. This is almost a final matchup challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. right now we have two for Cole, two for Garland. Garland is a two seed. Cole is a three seed. So by the rules vested in the podcast, 
by me uh, in a tie. The higher seed advances, which means Judy Garland is continuing here. Next up, the majority of the panel wants to keep dancing and prancing in Jingle Bell Square with Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock, a one seed. Well, I think it's comfy and cozy if we snuggle up with the Ronettes, Sleigh Ride, a five seed. Kara, giddy up Jingle Horse and pick up the votes for Rock. I will ring-a-ling-a-ling-a-ding-dong-ding on behalf of <laughs> Sleigh Ride. And I'm going to have Kara go first. I think I'm the wrong person here because I like Sleigh Ride. Like, that's my pick one. I like them both. Like, I don't, like, yeah, this, this is what gets really difficult about this part of the show is I guess when you vote for things, you kind of hope it's something it's going up against something else. Like I think when in my own bracket, like it was up against something that was a slam dunk. Ah. These are both so good. And they're both about jingle bells in a way like sleigh bells. And I love bells, man. Like it's a holiday. It's the whole season of bells. <laughs> I, think I, if, if go, you're, I was gonna say, I can go first if you want me to. Yeah, go first. Cause I don't know. Yeah, this is tough. It is tough. Um, and I uh, let's just acknowledge, we're like three months into round two and we're already struggling. That really goes to show you how rich this category is, right? That there's so many great opportunities. Um, uh, my argument is this. There's no other song on this list that has that infectious 60s girl group energy. And that's a real shame. There were some other ones that were in round one that got knocked out, but this is the only one left. This song, the version of the song, improves on the original Sleigh Ride tremendously by removing that slow suction, slow section about pictures by Courier and Ives and a birthday party with a farmer and pumpkin pie and all that stuff. As someone who's firmly team apple pie, I will not stand <laughs> for the apple erasure. So um, I, I thank you, Ronettes, for cutting that out. Um, it's got jingle bells and it's got horse clomps. And I don't know what else you want because it's just a delight. <laughs> you um, know how much I love horse clomps. That's why this I is know- a difficult round. I know. Kara, I am getting you a coconut for Christmas, <laughs> just so you know. You have to get her two. I'm sorry to break it to you. <laughs> no, you just cut one in half. Where are you all from? <laughs> what do I have? Then you better get me a machete, because I don't know how else I'm doing that. <laughs> Is anyone not getting a machete for Christmas? Aaron, can I borrow your, your axe? <laughs> exactly. My God axe. That's a story for another time. Um, all right, Curtis, where are you on this one? God, don't come to me. This one's so hard. Every... Uh, strap in everybody because every one up until the end is going to be maybe not all of them but some of them are going to be someone looked ahead (laughs) so jingle bell rock is a fantastic song and the thing like two words mean girls it is my favorite movie and it is it is made i like this song is such a big part of it and gretchen kicking the stereo into jason's face like but Sleigh Ride has, I love the 60s. The 60s are super nostalgic for me because my mom would put in like the, one of those t- uh, tapes that she got off TV for sure. like, the, it was basically now for adults yeah. back in the 90s. <laughs> the Time Life we, Collection. Yeah, that for a penny or whatever. And we would sit in the parking lot waiting for dad and like all of the 60s music would come on. And I don't think this was on there because it wasn't a Christmas, but still it's what you were talking about, Eric, with the like, ding, like, the, uh, it, I don't know. Yeah. We have that girl group versus the rockabilly and they're both good. Like when I think of Jill, Jingle Bell Rock, like when you think of the opening of that song, yeah, it is so good. Yeah. You like, yeah. You meet, like if you put that in a film and you're like that, that starts playing even before there's a minute of footage, you know exactly what time of year yeah. it is. That's true. Yeah. Here's just by a few notes. That's absolutely true. Here's my argument against it. I think Jingle Bell Rock and Rock Around the Christmas Tree are very similar songs. Yes, they are. And this I is very true. Already advanced Rock Around the Christmas Tree. To me, it's almost redundant to have them both in the Elite. Yes. Age. Just putting that out there. Derek? I, I completely agree. Uh, just by that logic, um, 
I think that I'm I'm with Slay Ride on this one. All right. So uh, it is a five seed. It's knocking out a one seed. I love it when that happens. Curtis, <laughs> are you agree that we're that we're advancing Slay Ride here? Yep. All right. So we have an upset, or as Barbara Streisand would call it, an upset. Question uh, mark. Next question mark. Upsot? Next in a match of diametrical opposites, Derek <laughs> will defend Jose Feliciano's aggressively cheerful Feliz Navidad, a two seed, while Curtis will push the most misanthropic holiday song, Thurl Ravencroft's spectacular diss track, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, a three seed. And actually, before we get to that, I don't think anyone's going to vote for Feliz Navidad here. Kara, are you? I No, no. Curtis, are you? No. Derek, are you? Um, I'm with Curtis on the previous argument about I can listen to about two minutes of Feliz Navidad and then I have to turn it off. So mm-hmm. it is Grinch all the way. And it's like a two-minute song, so that works well out for it. So how about this, Derek? <laughs> Let's take that, or whoever had Grinch, take the argument and stick it in your pocket like the Grinch does with all of the Whoville's toys. Can I drop a fun Grinch fact? You can. He wasn't green until the television show. Interesting. What was he originally? He's just a black and white drawing. It's oh. all. It was just a creative choice for the special. And I'm sure hmm. Jim Carrey's complexion is not happy about no, that. No, I don't talk about those. I don't talk about right. that. I don't talk about... No, my child will never see any of those. He will <laughs> only... Until, as long as he lives under my roof, it's Chuck Jones or GTFO. And you are raising him right. So yes. next up... It's Eartha Kitt's Santa Baby, a one seed, versus I'll Be Home for Christmas by Bing Crosby, a four seed. And we're going to go around the horn here. I'm just going to ask people for their votes. Kara, where are you on this? Eartha Kitt. Get it, girl. You know what you deserve. Boss queen. All right. Uh, Derek, where are you? We have enough Bing in these brackets. Eartha can take this one. We do have a lot of Bing. Uh, Bing, Curtis. bang, bong. Bing, bang, bong. <laughs> are Curtis, you okay, hon? You okay, hon? Uh, no, I am not you okay i am not k han <laughs> this one was really tough um something that eric said a, a couple weeks ago when we were preparing for this was and and i agreed eartha was not my choice for this song for this bracket i would have gone with madonna because madonna does something a little bit different with it and i went back and listened to eartha's rendition and it just sounds almost phoned in Mm. and i i could see where she was like you all were you're giving her boss bitch you're giving her like all of that like she's demanding this but i don't hear it i just hear a woman who is reading words off of a piece of paper in her sultry seductive voice and it's a great song i don't know that it's a great performance and i know like the, the thing that is not making me immediately vote for the other song is that we have so much Bing Crosby on this list. So I'm fine if Eartha moves forward, but I don't think that it's a great rendition of this song. So Eric, whatever you, I I think, well, the two of them voting for a number one seed makes the choice anyway. I agree. And um, I have a lot of feelings. Curtis kind of alluded to this about this song, and we will get to them in the next round because I want to save that ammunition for them, but it will be advancing. Next, it's two songs trumpeting the arrival of the holiday season. Andy Williams's It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, a two seed, versus Perry Como's It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. Derek, tell us why we can't miss wonderful times, gay happy meetings. I will argue why we should take a look at the five and ten, whatever that means, and stick with beginning. Uh, I'm going to go with Derek first. So 
I know this is a hugely popular holiday song, but for me, this song will always be associated with TV advertisements for department stores and holiday sales. <laughs> Surely for retailers, see nothing but big dollar signs, and it is truly the most wonderful time of the year for them. But what this song excels at is conjuring up nostalgic images associated with Christmas time, hosting parties and um, visits from friends and loved ones and children sledding and roasting marshmallows and sharing stories about previous Christmases and singing carols. And so in a way, it's it's meta. It's a Christmas song about the good feelings we get from singing Christmas songs. Um, there have been countless covers of this over the years, but honestly, None will ever hold a candle to this 1963 version by Andy Williams. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And I I like your point, especially about it's a meta Christmas song about the joy from singing Christmas songs. That's exactly what it is. And it's bombastic. Like this like slaps you in the face with those horns and everything else. It's it's great. Absolutely. Um I will say this about beginning to look like a lot like Beginning to look a lot like Christmas, which is a mouthful. Um, it's written by Meredith Wilson, who wrote The Music Man. Did not know this. Hmm. Um, it does have a great snappy rhythm, and it's got a staccato delivery. It's cute, and it moves, and um, there's something about it that's very quaint, right? Um the specifically gendered gifts in it are a little antiquated in 2020 mm-hmm. long, mm-hmm. excuse me, 2021. But I don't know what a hop along boot is. They sound pretty fierce, though. I, I like to- <laughs> <laughs> like a cha cha heel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I told you I wanted cha cha heels for Christmas, not um, a hop along boot. Exactly. I think all parents and Kara, I'll, I'll, I'll check with you on this. All parents of small children can co sign the line that mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. I'm not at that point. Like, oh, so, you still no. like your kid? I do. Yeah, like, well, because that part always made me sad as a kid. But then again, my dad used to like. He loved that Staples commercial where they had the dad like shopping for school supplies, and they played the most wonderful <laughs> time of the year. Yeah, like he would hmm. sing that at the end of summer vacation, like getting ready for that. So I have complicated feelings about both these songs. <laughs> That's fair. But with that being said, we're going to go to a vote. Where are you on this one, Carol? Oh, I'm not really invested that much either. I feel like, I, I don't know, I keep using like movies as as like a, a, a venue for this. If I was, just, you know, if I had to get the rights to one of these songs, I'm like, can't get those, you know, can't get wonderful time of the year, but I can get um, beginning to look like a lot like Christmas. We're like, ah, close enough. Let's go. Like, it's just, they both, they fit, they fit the same need. Sure. Um, but mm. you won me over with, the, I didn't know that Meredith Wilson uh, wrote, beginning to look like Christmas, but now that you said that, it makes sense. And I love the music man. So if I'm leaning anyway, it's for that reason and for that song. So you're the other person in the world that likes the music man because I've yet to find <laughs> anyone else on this podcast that does. <gasps> for real? Like it Swear doesn't like it doesn't hold up to modern day sensibilities in any way, shape, or form. Like they're Oh my God. Listen I oh go listen to the best musical episode because I got booed the house down. I on know. That one. I know. But you know what? We, you, you, me, you, me, and somebody else not on this podcast right now can make plans to see Hugh Jackman in it. So, yes, and, and everyone yes. else can sit and rot. Done, <laughs> Curtis. You, what do you got? This, this one's tough. It's a battle of the boo, 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 boo versus the <laughs> ding dong ding. So I'm gonna go with the ding dongs. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like of course, wonderful time of the year is. It's a little bit happier. It's a little bit more. Almost, it, it evokes the franticness yes. of 
the two weeks before Christmas where you have not done your shopping, but you need to. Yes. This is the song for sure. that. And you're trying so to that's... convince yourself it is wonderful still. It's totally yeah. okay. You're okay. It's Christmas. Everybody's going to be happy. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So there you go. You know, I miss women getting into fist fights over Tickle Me Almos in the, the candy <laughs> toys Lyle. Or towels. I, yeah, I miss that. Do you want to hear something amazing about modern parenthood, though, in relation to that? If you have streaming services, you can raise a child pretty well into, like, you know, elementary or even, like, intermediate school um, with never having really seen a toy commercial. So you control that whole thing. <laughs> the way they get to you now is by like target Amazon sends a catalog to your house, like old Sears style. But yeah, not having, you know, there's, there's not the same craze for most things or it's there's very not. controlled. Yeah. Yeah. There's really not like, think about it. When's the last toy craze you can remember hearing about as a reader? Like I, I, tickle me almost is pretty much it. I can't think of it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the iPhone is the new toy. Kind of. And I have to say, my 10-year-old nephew demanded one for his birthday and was like, well, it's not that expensive. I was like, girl, you pay for it then. Anyway, <laughs> Next, it is a bang-off. Most of the panel wants to stick with Bing Crosby's meteorological curse, White Christmas, a one-seed, but I prefer the unexpected crossover with David Bowie, Little Drummer Boy slash Peace on Earth, which is a four-seed. Curtis, explain why our days will be merry and bright if we just stick with White Christmas. I will play my best for Little Drummer Boy. And I'll actually go first here because I know I'm not going to win and that's nope, fine but I, I want to say my piece so Thank let you. me just say it and then we can move along okay. um I just want to start with how wild it is that Bing Crosby who hit his peak fame in the 1930s and 1940s recorded this in the 70s shortly before his death with David Bowie who was still very much an upper comer uh and like today the equivalent would be um Huey Lewis recording a holiday duet with Lil Nas X <laughs> like it's just wild i want right? it i know Please, i want it i want to see that happen and so that's why like i'm thinking 1977 people are like what is even happening with this like it's here's grandpa who doing a duet with this crossdresser okay like it's amazing <laughs> um but it was for it actually originally was for bing crosby's christmas special for that year a tv special and it wasn't even made commercially available until 1982 at which point it was embraced and became a hit on on like holiday radio but for me it's a gorgeous song Crosby handles the underpinnings with what is otherwise like the most boring Christmas song, Little Drummer Boy, while Bowie just soars above it all with this lilting melody. And it's a song that bridges generations, right? Like um, as a kid, I can remember my mother, who basically hated everything, even loving this song because she's like, <laughs> well, it's got Bing Crosby and it also has David Bowie, who I can't stand, but he, Bing Crosby liked him, so he must not be all bad. Um, so for me, it has that nostalgic factor, but I understand why white christmas should advance here and i don't begrudge that so derek white christmas you don't know this but white christmas is my favorite holiday movie and say what people will about its anachronisms and it has many um this song is forever tied with that movie so i cannot not vote for it by the way i also love white christmas i came around to it as an adult i didn't like it as a kid but it is there are spectacular song and dance sequences in and it dance and numbers, you want to hear more about numbers, that my god oh my god if you want to hear more about that, check out our best holiday film episode, which is out now. Uh, that releases right around this time. Um, Curtis, you? Yeah, White Christmas. I, I'm going to save my my ammo. 
Kara, I believe you don't care here, right? No, I, I, again, I need to help channel positive energy back to this timeline. And so <laughs> I am going to vote for David Bowie, hoping that on whatever plane of existence he's currently on, he hears me and he and Carrie Fisher touch rings and send some positive vibes down to uh, us here in 2021 going on 2022. Is he having a life on Mars? Yeah. (laughs) I just like, I know in my bracket, I voted for White Christmas, but I just felt like I had to, like it felt like an obligation. And now I feel like we're actually recording and I feel like I'm, you know, it's, we're not live. I'm like, it's live. I can say whatever I want. So I'm going to go for, uh, I'm going to go for Little Drummer Boy, a song that if it's not this version, I turn off the radio immediately. Mm. And Kara, I will say this, that actually happens a lot where people feel compelled to vote for certain things because yeah. they are that thing. And then you're in the discussions and you're like, wait a minute, I don't even like this. Why am I talking about this? Exactly. It's happened so many times on this podcast. But that said, we are currently I'm free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are currently split. And in a tie, high seed goes first. White Christmas is a one seed, so it does advance. God damn it, white people. I know, I know. (laughs) Finally, in round two, most of the panel wanted to advance Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas, a two seed, but I want to get funky and go with the Jackson 5 Santa Claus is Coming to Town, a three seed. Kara, have a cup of cheer. That means get absolutely wasted and argue for Holly (laughs) Jolly Christmas. I will explain why we better not pout, we better not cry, and we better advance the Jackson 5. But Kara, you go first. Done and done. So this is like, the, I feel like the more upbeat and timeless version of some of the other earlier songs. Which is Holly Jolly Christmas is just, it, um, it had been mentioned before that, you know, it's one of the, it can exist outside of the the, tele, or the TV special it was made for. It's just a solid, good song. Burl Ives has a wonderful voice. He's an adorable snowman. <laughs> um, really and is. it's just like, it's just a sweet and yeah. I'm trying to think of like new things to say about it. It's yeah, it's it's a beautiful, fun, lively, low stakes Christmas song that's just about everybody coming together and you know making the best at like I just don't want to say making the best because that sounds like one of the sad songs. Like we're making the best out of this terrible <laughs> Christmas season. But there's like just enjoying everything there is about Christmas. You know, it's, it's quaint and it's cheerful, and yeah. I, I think that's lovely. That's what um, I want. And it's to me this song. I think better than any other song on this list embodies that um, 1950s perfection that yep. America wanted us to believe in, but was never actually real. But in this song, it kind of is like, this is like, say the- hello to friends, you know, and everyone and you meet in a time where it was like, you looked at your neighbor and thought they might be a communist. So exactly. exactly. <laughs> for these four weeks, we can ignore the red scare. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here's my thing, folks. Again, this is one of those ones I'm not going to win. And I'm very comfortable with that. I, do want, but I wanted to argue for something with a little bit of rhythm and flavor for this bracket. Um, but that said, I actually don't think this is the best Jackson five holiday song to me hmm. up on the housetop is a far better holiday song. And I would admit it, but I think when people were voting, they went with the song that they knew the most. And this is a title that people know they might not immediately associate up on the housetop. The, um, the other thing that I will point out is there is a better version of this song that was released a decade or so later on very special Christmas by the pointer sisters. And it is one of my go-to Christmas songs every year. It is wild. It is cracked out. It is featured in our um, modern holiday classics, uh, uh, excuse me, modern holiday songs episode. But say la vie, I'm going to go to the, the votes here. Derek, where are you? Oh, I'm, I'm still with Burl Ives, 100%. Curtis. I'm going to go with uh, the Jackson 5. And I know that's shocking because 
It's children, children singing. It is, it's but literal but, children singing. <laughs> what I realized is Michael Jackson can sing. And most yeah. of the children that are brought onto these records could not. They're like, oh, let's just have the kids come in and do a little number. No, no. Music is meant to be performed well, not screeched. And I think Michael Jackson does a really good job with his part. Well, he kind of had to, didn't he? That's right. <laughs> because well, of Joe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like we, we were alluding to Bing Crosby and his uh, yes. activities. Uh, Joe wasn't bothering with oranges. Let's right. call it parenting. Sure. Aggressive parenting. <laughs> anyway, it seems like Burl Lives win. So <laughs> <laughs> we are. I get another stand. That so. panty dropping snowman. Burl Lives. <laughs> Holly Jolly Christmas advances his two seed. And with that, we're at the end of round two. Jack Frost is nipping at our nose. So we're going to take a quick break to warm up. We will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back for round three of our best classic holiday song debate. Before we get into the Elite Eight matchups, I want to ask my panel, if people want to mix and mingle and jingle their feet with you, where can they find you on social media? Curtis? I am at Kurt Itch, C-U-R-T-I-T-C-H on Twitter and various other things, though I am the worst millennial and I do not really check or put anything on them. I guess I probably should considering I'm a podcast person now, huh? You should. It's true. It's fun. Uh, Derek, how about you? Yes, you can find me at D-R-K-M-K-T, which is my name without the vowels on Instagram and Twitter. At the Dirk Market, you know. The Dirk Market, Dirk Mar- yes. Do all of your holiday shopping at the Dirk Market. <laughs> <laughs> Just be free about what you bring home. Kara, what about you? Uh, you can find me on all the socials, I think, at CMY Kara, C-M-Y-K-A-R-A. Perf. And oh, that's find, cute. Isn't it cute? And you can find I'm me- I'm a designer at- who likes print. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I am at, at Eric Resniak on Twitter and Instagram. That's E-R-I-C-R-E-Z as in zebra, S as in snake, N as in Nancy, Y-A-K. You should definitely follow the Great Pop Culture Debate on at culture underscore debate on Twitter or to slide into our DMs like Santa down the chimney over at at Great Pop Culture Debate on Insta. So now that that's all done, let's move on to round three before we make our listeners naughty list. So rocking around the Christmas tree versus have yourself a merry little Christmas. We're going to go around the horn. Kara, which one do you pick? <sighs> this is it just keeps... I, yeah, you know what? I have to stick to my I have to stick to my morals. I can't vote against Judy Garland. It's it's my superhero weakness. Superman has kryptonite, and I have Judy Garland. I love Rock Around the Christmas Tree. It's a really great song, but again, it's just some of these matchups that get you right in the heart. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sticking with Judy. Judy Garland Judy. is gay kryptonite, so you're in good company. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Derek. What do you got? 
I can vote against her, and I will. Ooh. Um, for me, I'm looking at this through a lens of what are you putting on a um, mix for a party, and it's rocking around the Christmas tree. It has to be. Okay. And yeah, but if you want a- everyone to go home, this is a good number for that. <laughs> it's like, ha- have yourself a merry little Christmas somewhere else. We're all tired and we want to go to bed. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> um, Curtis. I'm coming at it from the other direction because I don't go to parties. I don't host parties. I don't like parties. So I'm thinking, what am I going to be listening to while I am wrapped in my husband's arms in front of our fireplace with a bourbon? And it is going to be Judy Garland crooning to me to have a Merry Little Christmas. I thought you were going to go off script be like, it's going to be Dominic the donkey. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's foreplay. Um, (laughs) uh, Great, great points. Um, I'm also going to take a little bit like, which song am I going to be crying into a pillow on Christmas Eve because I'm not going to get the presents I want? (laughs) <laughs> and it's have yourself a merry little christmas no in all seriousness in turn they're both great songs right they're super different songs that's mm-hmm. the issue one is super upbeat and it's great for parties and playlists like derek said the other one is just iconic and so special i'm sorry take a drink but i don't um, i want to point out that it's not a sad song it is not a bummer song it's no? a slower song it's not an upbeat number but it's it, just it's beautiful it's almost kind of a, a hopeful song because yeah. it's like, I know things are a little bit sad right now and we all can't be together, but you know, we have to have the best Christmas that we can. And dude, if that's not 2021 America, I don't know yep. what is. So for that reason, I am going to advance it. Um, and that means our ultimate number one seed is out. That's very rare. That happens before final four. Next up it's sleigh ride versus you're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. I'm going to start with Curtis. Oh God. <sighs> I would like to know why you went with me first, Eric. It's not like this is my theme song or anything. <laughs> the thing is, so I, I love this song. The I, I love the Grinch. I, I love the Grinch song so much. It is totally different than everything else on this list. It is the antithesis of the feel-good, love-everyone vibe that you get from pretty much everything else that is remaining in this bracket. Dr. Seuss said, the library is now open officially, and he let them have it, and he wrote a song about it. And I I love it. I love the, the, the lyrics are amazing. Um, you're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Have you ever been called an empty hole, Eric? Uh, not if I'm feeling lucky, uh, well. but... <laughs> Yes. Um, Your heart's a dead tomato, splatched with moldy purple spots. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of rubbish imaginable, mangled up, entangled up knots. You gotta go, imaginable! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my my delivery is off. (laughs) I'm gonna lean into the Ravencroft. Imaginable! So... This one's really rough. I love Sleigh Ride too. I think it's super fun. And as I said before, I really like the 60s. Like, uh, I'm going to go with the Grinch, though. Okay. Derek? I don't care. <laughs> uh, Sleigh Ride. Okay. Kara? Um, I mean, I know what I'm voting for, but it's like, like all these. It's, it's hard. Um, and I, I just want to point out something that's really frustrating right now. When I went to, like, reference the lyrics to the Grinch song. I'm so upset that the default ones that come up 
are from Tyler the Creator. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh I don't my think. God. Yeah, I was like, all them smiles, homie. I turn up the frown. I was like, that's I I can't hear that in my brain is Thrill Ravencroft. I was like, that's not that's not the right one. I reject this. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. Not for me. For somebody else, a-okay. Not for me. I want the original. And so yeah, I'm sticking with the Grinch. I'm sticking with Charity Case. Let's go all the way. <laughs> the reason I would vote for Sleigh Ride is that it's more festive. It does give us that 60s girl group feel, which otherwise is gone from this bracket completely. Mm-hmm. Um, again, from Derek's standpoint, party mix, fun songs. It's definitely going to be Sleigh Ride. But in terms of which one of these songs is, and I'm so sorry to do this to you, if you're actually playing at home with a drinking game, you've got to be blacked out by now. (laughs) (laughs) Iconic. It's Grinch. Like, it is. It's the Grinch. It's the one that everybody knows. And I'm not even that big of a Grinch fan. I'm not. But it is, like, there is nothing else like it. It is savage, sweetie. Like, he is dragged beyond dragged. And I aspire to that kind, that that level of contempt. I do. That's what I'm searching for, for my holiday spirit. So I think we're advancing the Grinch here. I'm so sorry. Uh, Derek, again. RuPaul, RuPaul needs to do a cover of this song and have all the girls write Susian diss verses for it. <gasps> Maybe we'll get that. In How is that RuPaul. not a challenge yet? I mean, we're getting a RuPaul holiday movie this year, so can I maybe? just read another one? I was looking for this lyric, and I want to get it wrong. One of my favorites: "You're a crooked jerky jockey, and you drive a crooked hoss. Not even horse, <laughs> hoss. hoss. It's just, and I think because, like, I know, like the Google issue. There are are other versions of it, but you don't. When you think of it, you don't think of the other versions of it. Mm-hmm. You don't think of the Jim Carrey version of it, and you don't think of the Tyler the Creator version of it. You think of the Thurl Ravencroft. And again, Absolutely. this gentleman's name is Thurl Ravencroft. <laughs> if you don't vote for this song, he's going to appear to you in your dreams and haunt you forever. I'm assuming he's dead. I don't know. <laughs> he already does that. Um, all right. So with that being said, Grinch will advance. Next up, it's Santa Baby versus Most Wonderful Time of the Year. I'm going to start with Derek. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I I appreciate that Santa Baby has gone this far, but Andy Williams belongs in the in in the top pantheon of these songs. And I just this has like an upbeat like wonder to it and the and to you know to Eric's to to Curtis's point, like you feel the frantic pace of the holiday through this song. And for me, th- this is the song. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'd want to tip my hand. I'm going to go to Kara next. These are two songs for two different situations. Like these are these are two very different tastes, two very different scenarios in which you're enjoying these songs. And it makes it very hard to pick between them because, you know, I've been, you know, yes, girling Eartha Kitt all the way here. (laughs) But if I'm looking at it is like, what is a standout Christmas song? Like, what is it that you put on? You're like, yes. It's Christmas time. Like I said, it's that, you know, you, you throw this on to set the scene that, that it is now Christmas time in whatever, whatever scene we're in. I'm like, and Andy Williams, like, um, <laughs> Nelson Muntz is holding my head in the toilet bowl and making me vote for Andy Williams. Yeah. I think, I think I'm going for it. I think my wonderful time of the year. Curtis. So I might be the only person in the world that does this, but when I see Santa baby, <laughs> I cannot help but hear Baby Baby by Amy Grant. And 
especially because Ariana Grande did I don't know is it Santa Baby that she like she did a song called Santa Baby but I just I hear Santa Baby like just over and over in my head in any case it's the most wonderful time of the year because as I said like it just it feels like Eartha phoned it in and this is this is it this is the song Chris, in the immortal words of Liz Lemon, that is white nonsense. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, but in, in all seriousness, I, I will touch upon something that Curtis alluded to earlier, which is I know that the conventional wisdom everyone will tell you is that the Eartha Kit version is the definitive version of Santa Baby. Mm-hmm. And then I was listening to it again in preparation for this podcast. And as, again, Curtis mentioned, the delivery is just there. She's just sing in her signature Eartha Kit line, which is which is special in its own right. But I actually do think Madonna's version is better. You can hate me. You can say that I'm a talentless piece of shit with no taste. And you're right. But and we have I, like I, we yep. have. But and we like, will I, continue to do so. Exactly. <laughs> but I really do think like Madonna puts something into the song and Eartha doesn't. However, I do have to point out that as a woman of color at the time she was recording that, she couldn't get demanding. I don't think that would have flown. But that's probably true. like that could be very true. But I don't for in in this in this area of the discussion, I think what, what I hear from her is that she doesn't have to be like forcefully demanding. It's just like you know, like if it you know if if the scariest thing someone can do sometimes is whisper more than yell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think she's just you know there, there's a reason she's not yelling because she doesn't need to yeah and that's that's completely fair i just think in terms of the actual delivery mm, it's okay yeah. uh, um but for that reason i am going to advance wonder, most wonderful time of the year also because it is i think derek hit the nail on the head we cannot have a final four of classic holiday songs and not have andy williams in there it makes no sense uh andy finally williams. <laughs> thank you <laughs> take a drink finally do it white christmas versus holly jolly christmas i'm gonna start with curtis so as eric alluded to earlier we actually do do some research for this show and i did research on this song according to 538 white christmas is the second most covered song of all time on at least on spotify and that's what we have to go off of right now shockingly no version of the number one song even made it to the th- top 32. Does anybody know what the no- number one one song was? No. Nope. Are these all I holiday songs, that. by the way? Holiday songs, yes. Okay. Sorry. No, Silent Night. Interest? Silent Night wow. is the I was most thinking about covered. that. Yeah, and, and it didn't make it. It's Obviously, like at least on Spotify, 20,720 other artists saw the juggernaut of a holiday song that is white christmas and decided to give it their spin as well so my vote goes white christmas and i have more but i'll hold on to it in case i need it all right derek i am firmly in the white christmas cap and oh that's right this is your favorite song and kara i am emboldened by the energy of this podcast to not (laughs) fall into the pressures of voting for bing crosby and i don't care if i go die with the sexy burl (laughs) i've snowman um i'll go down with that ship and uh, holly jolly christmas or whatever i'm voting for (laughs) i love it i love this energy this is perfect but you're losing you don't control me bing crosby Kara, you should expect a box full of oranges to show up on your door. It's going to be a bag. A box would leave a bruise. Uh, I guess that's true. 
All right. So we are at our final four. Have yourself a merry little Christmas versus you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. And the most wonderful time of the year versus white Christmas. I always like to take a step back and say, how does this final four look to me? And I think it's pretty interesting. We have two one seeds. Nope. I'm taking it back. We have one white seed, one one seed in white Christmas. I think the others are two or three seeds. Yep. Two, three, and two. Yep. Two and three and two. Okay. So first up, have yourself a merry little Christmas versus your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Around the horn, Kara. I I know I've been team Grinch for a long time in this battle, but I, I have my my code of honor and it, it's like we're get, we're getting to the real stuff here and it's like the best <laughs> Christmas song. And one of these is very much a Christmas song. Like it is about Christmas. It doesn't just get played at Christmas. And it's Judy Garland. Yeah. I I hear you. Uh, yeah, I can't like yeah, I'm Judy Garland. Have yourself right. a merry little Christmas. Derek? Yeah, it's it's Judy Garland clearly. All right. Curtis. Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. And finally, most wonderful time of the year versus White Christmas starting with Curtis. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. This is this is literally like you you know that hair that you just pulled like that gray hair that you want to get rid of it's splitting it you have split your gray hair this is so hard so let me give you some facts so <laughs> Bing Crosby's version of White Christmas which is the one that we are debating is the world's best selling single of all time with an estimated sale in excess of 50 million copies worldwide. It's wild. Best-selling single or best-selling holiday single? Like, are we talking best of all time? Single. Wow. Single of all time. Yep. I I can't remember. I, I looked at it earlier today, but I can't remember what the number two was. But it was single, not just holiday. Now that doesn't like, I know a lot of people are yelling at their radio or whatever the hell they're listening to <laughs> this through right now just because it is the most selling or the most ubiquitous does not make it the best and i agree like andy williams is amazing and that song when i think of it i have this image in my head of this breeze that is flowing through some fields of snow and it's whipped up some like eddies of crystals and it's like that is the holidays for me this is, I think, one of the most difficult decisions for me, and I really do not know what to say right now. I don't, Eric. Well, places that you took me there. Um, <laughs> does someone else want to jump in with a decision? Kara, I'm guessing you're anti-White Christmas again. You're going to stick with Andy Williams? I'm sticking with Andy Williams. Uh, your booze mean nothing to me. I've seen what you cheer for. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, you're sticking with White Christmas. I am, and let me tell you why. Um, like Curtis... Both of these songs are are like very close to my heart. Like they symbolize this holiday season for me. I am, however, strategizing, and um, I'm looking at what it's going to go up against, which is "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas" by Judy Garland. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I want the schmaltz smackdown of all schmaltz smackdowns Mm. and i want Mm -hmm. white christmas to go up against have yourself a merry little christmas just to see what happens (laughs) you you some people just want to watch the world burn ladies and gentlemen (laughs) but merry christmas all right curtis have you made a decision or no 
I think Derek just made my decision for me. I agree. Also, I just figured out the number two song, best-selling single of all time, Candle in the Wind by Elton John. Oh, God. Uh, talk about schmaltzy. Okay. Uh, Welcome to our happy-go-lucky podcast. <laughs> it's Christmas. Happy. I don't know what that has to do with it. So I'm also going to put forward White Christmas. I think that is the correct answer here. Giving us a final two of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Judy Garland and White Christmas by Bing Crosby. I think these are both great songs, but let us note that they are on the slower side. They are on mm-hmm. the more somber side and they are about missing people who can't be with you, which I think, again, you look at modern Christmas music. That's not really a thing that's that's being talked yeah. about that much. This is back in the days when people were coming back from the war and they uh, some people weren't coming back from the war. That is explicitly part of the White Christmas song. Right. Um, and I think this is some pretty heavy stuff that they're dealing with and they're getting through it through music. Um, I'm going to go around the horn here and I'm going to start with Derek. I don't think I've started with you in the small soft and small chops, which one are you going with? Yes. So I am sticking with white Christmas here and I am sticking with white Christmas because in, in my original brackets, I had white Christmas, I believe going up against um, a Christmas story, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And to Mm -hmm. me, like these are so emblematic of the holiday season, but now that I can't vote for Nat King Cole, um, I'm voting for white Christmas. It just, it's, it's the song. Christmas song, not Christmas story. If you want to get enraged about the Christmas story, please Sorry. listen to yes. our best holiday yes. film episode, <laughs> which will absolutely get us people furious. Uh, all right, I'm going to go to Karen next. Are, you are sticking with your anti-Bing supremacy. It's it's a combination anti-Bing supremacy and pro-Judy Garland agenda. Mm-hmm. I hear that. <laughs> um, and I just, like, and when I really think about it, like, this is for me personally, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is a better song regardless of singer like it's more interesting song to me i enjoy it more than white christmas um and i know i've been like no bummers throughout most of this but the fact that it's that wistful and but hopeful i really like that about it yeah Uh, white christmas is just like i don't like again i feel like everyone is like it's whole of society in the universe is puts in everyone's mind that oh this is the best christmas song ever this is the best christmas song ever because it just always has been and Fudge it. I'm going for Judy Garland and have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah, I think actually that's a great point. And there is some inertia that's pushing this song forward, right? Um, And let's look at them on their faces. Which is a more pleasing song to listen to? Which is a song that maybe has more meaning to a modern audience? Uh, Because I think for people who are in post-war America, White Christmas really was touching a lot of things. That movie, in fact, really speaks to what do people, what do GIs do when they come home? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but is that relevant to a 21st century American audience? I'm not so sure. Whereas have yourself a merry little Christmas. I think those are feelings that many people can still tap into the you know what, Eric? idea that. Yes. I'm going to say that in about 40 years when it's not snowing in America anymore, we're all going to be dreaming. <laughs> That's a fair Then they'll point. think that it was just talking about white people. Right. Oh, it was exactly. just it's just the ash falling outside. Oh exactly. It's just the oh. nuclear winter. Um, mm. Curtis. So according to Wikipedia, <laughs> I'm loving this. Irving Berlin told his secretary, 
I want you to take down a song I wrote over the weekend. Not only is it the best song I ever wrote, it's the best song anybody ever wrote. And he was talking about White Christmas. Oh, you know what? Forget him. <laughs> I don't need that energy so, in my Christmas. Some well, white man nonsense. The, Get uh, out I mean, of here. Eric, I will also point out, you know, you you, you called out um, – Barbara Streisand before about you know the 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 um, the, the Jewish performers performing this amazing Christmas song. Um, Irving Berlin was a Jewish composer, and a lot of people don't hmm. realize this. I love that. I, okay, I, so I, now I, I'm coming back a little bit because I'm like, get your money. All right, don't go. No, do not. Do not. <laughs> no, I'm not changing my vote, but I'm not as angry as I was. I am also voting for Judy Garland because at the end of the day, just like Eric said, what is the more pleasing song? And yeah. I, I think Bing Crosby's White Christmas is beautiful. It's touching. It also had a hand in pushing music forward that I did not know about. Um the 1942 release of White Christmas helped to catalyze the shift from an emphasis that was the sale of sheet music to the sale of records. So mm -hmm. it actually moved from the songs themselves to performances. So he kind of created this push to move music to where we are today. And I'm still voting for Judy Garland because it's a better song. So yes. Uh, Here's my feeling on this is so the topic is classic Christmas song. And I think of the two, White Christmas to me is completely classic. Like that style of singing does not exist anymore. Yeah. Nobody can sing the song the way that he can. But at the same time, nobody can sing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas the way Judy can either. No. And mm -mm. many people have tried to cover both of these songs. I have never heard a song that comes anywhere close to these two versions. Yep. These are performers who have something so skillful and so personal in their voice. It cannot be mimicked. It can't. Um, so I kind of feel like they're almost at a draw, frankly, in, in terms mm. of cultural importance in classical status um, and in their um, their replication. And it, like people keep coming to them over and over and over again, but they can't touch them. So again, what I come down to is which song would I prefer to listen to? And it's Judy. It really is. Yes. So Derek, I know that White Christmas is your number one song of all time, Christmas song. Are you going to be upset if we're three to one for Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Yes, but it doesn't matter if I'm upset because it's Christmas and nobody cares. <laughs> you don't always get what you want, Eric. Correct. That's what it's I was Christmas. going to say. It's Christmas and we're all in misery. So I think right. that's fitting. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best classic holiday song is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Judy Garland. Do you agree? Do you think that our stockings have been filled with delusion? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. I want to thank you, my panel, faithful friends, you will always be dear to me, and thank you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content, and you get episodes a whole day early. It's like Christmas every day. We hope that you have a good one, and remember, everyone is entitled to their own opinions.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.